0: Hi there, my name is Alexia Allen coming to you from Hawthorne Farm in Woodenville, Washington. Hawthorne Farm is an eight acre teaching farm and we're doing our best to steward this land for the health and happiness of future generations. In this interview, I'm talking with Melanie Mengi of Cherry Hill Farm, Duval. You'll get to hear about her lively homestead as part of the surprising twists and turns her life has taken, and how she has enhanced the diversity of her landscape and is able to share that with others. Yeah. It's a treat to be talking with you here today, and I'm just curious to hear who you are and a little bit about the land where you live.
1: Okay, well, my name is Melanie Mengi, and I am Cherry Hill Farm Duval. And so we are up in the hills of Duval. So we're kind of as far away from Seattle as you can get to kind of still claim you're in the Seattle area. Mm -hmm. We have seven acres that um, we have a little of everything on now. So we have sheep and goats and chickens and turkeys and quails and pig and rabbit and livestock guardian dogs and barn cats and four kids and a lizard and a little of everything.
0: (laughs) Wow. uh,
1: And we didn't, move. we've been here, yeah, (laughs) we've been out here for, um, it'll be four years in March, and we didn't move to, we just moved from Woodenville to Duval, so it wasn't a big move, but we moved from the 1,100 square foot one bathroom house, which was getting a bit too cozy with four kids, to the fixer-upper property that had been neglected by its renters for many years. And I'm actually in real estate also. I'm an agent. We flipped houses. So we bought it with our flipping company and then we flipped it to ourselves once we fixed the plumbing and redid the kitchen and made it um, livable. And it's definitely an ongoing project. But, you know, we started just for more space and then one kid wanted rabbits and then there were too many blackberries and I didn't want to mow them all. So we got some sheep and then we got the livestock guardian dogs to protect the sheep but then the sheep didn't want to be friends with the dogs so then we got the goats to be emotional support animals for the dogs <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of snowballed then there was a pork shortage so we decided to start doing a couple pigs and basically we do a little we're just not good at saying no
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah that's a whole oh, yeah. new take on homesteading there with uh, everything yeah. you've got going on pretty impressive
1: gardens and um some orchard also so We really, you know, have a number of meals now that we can say are 100% from home, which is exciting for all of us, except for my teenager, who really could leave all the farm stuff behind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. he was
1: the oldest when we moved here. So all the younger kids that, you know, got into it younger are as much into it as, as I am. So.
0: That was was this a childhood passion of yours, or did you have you <laughs> discovered it through moving there? It,
1: yeah, it was not even a passion when I moved here. Like mm-hmm. if you had told me when I moved onto this property that this is what I would be doing and how much I'd like it, I would have totally laughed at you. <laughs> I just wanted more space for the kids, and mm-hmm. you know the option to do one or two things if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know this stuff is expensive. So especially as COVID hit, we started doing some farm tours also because I realized my kids were so blessed to not only are there four of them, so they actually had more than one play, playmate when everybody else was stuck with, you know, one to zero playmates, you know, most kids, mm-hmm. but they had a park and a zoo in their yard. So mm-hmm. I just felt so bad for like single kids stuck in an apartment with nowhere to go and no one to play with Mm. and thought we have somewhere safe where a family can come and there's space, you know, we can socially distance and there's no crowds like you worry about at the zoo or whatever. But, you know, you can really have an opportunity to come do something outside and, and do some learning, a lot of learning and a good time. So we just started offering farm tours and they really have picked up as well. So we really enjoy that part of it because we didn't realize how far removed we were from understanding agriculture and farming until we actually started doing some. You just have no idea how much you don't know. And <laughs> yes. the fun of being able to share that with some people and um, answering questions. And um, if it's not in the middle of a school day, my my nine-year-old will actually do most of the talking. <laughs> <laughs> knows everything and it's so cool to see how she loves to to teach people about it as much as I do wow. and even my four-year-old was I, I had picked up a walnut off the ground one time and was gonna teach somebody about you know how you clean them and and that whole process on walnuts and she stopped me and she said no mom I've got it and <laughs> in her, in her little four-year-old voice was explaining all this to this woman who of course I had to translate because it was preschool speak but <laughs> she really had everything right you know mm-hmm. how, you know if you don't know anything about walnuts they land actually they're more like a an apricot almost they've got this flesh around them and it's the nut in the middle that's actually the walnut
0: mm-hmm.
1: but that flesh around the outside is like a waste product basically and if you ever have seen wood that's walnut stained it's that flesh on the outside that that stain comes from so this time of year my fingers are literally brown most of the year just from picking up walnuts from the ground and throwing them in a bucket because wow. they're that the stain is that intense
0: yeah i've seen squirrels with their mouths all stained brown and i've used the walnut hulls to dye to dye wool you know like a deep yeah, brown I'm color
1: i got a shirt that somebody ran a pink pink pen through the dryer <laughs> with my white blouse. Like, well, the blouse is no good anymore, but maybe I'll throw it in my bucket of walnut husks and see what I end up with just for fun. So okay. that's kind of a project that I'm planning to do this week. Yeah, cuz they're a waste product, you know. Mm-hmm. So and they're actually really acidic and mm-hmm. like it's hard for things to grow underneath the walnut tree. Nothing really eats those husks. They're not like highly desirable from animals. Mm-hmm. So they really are just kind
0: of a slimy mess. Wow. <laughs> Well, it sounds like your place is really lively and really fun. And I realized you might want to say what the name of it is and how people can find you.
1: Yeah, we're Cherry Hill Farm Duval. Mm-hmm. So there are, if you go online, there are other Cherry Hill Farms. So mm-hmm. Cherry Hill Farm Duval. And that's, if you do at Cherry Hill Farm on Instagram or Facebook, you will find us. Mm-hmm. So follow us there. Even if you don't ever want to come come check what out, what's going on, you can see the pictures of what we're doing. And then we are cherryhillfarmduval.wordpress.com for our Mm -hmm. website. So usually farm tours are kind of our main thing and we sell a lot of eggs, Mm -hmm. but we have a lot of baby animals throughout the year with all the different animals. So that's, Um, When farm tours are the hardest to come by because everybody wants to come pet the baby animals, but that's also Mm -hmm. one of the main things we sell Mm -hmm. is the baby animals once they're weaned. Mm -hmm. And then if we grow some out, then, you know, at various times Mm -hmm. we have meat. So we may have some pork shares available Mm -hmm. in a few, in like six months. Uh, I've got turkeys that are being butchered this week for Thanksgiving, but they're actually all sold already. Mm -hmm. So you follow Facebook or Instagram, you can see usually what's going on. Although their rules on animal sales are so strict that if you really are looking for a goat or a sheep or something, the website's going to be the best place to look because I don't have to worry
0: about Facebook rules. Right. Navigating the algorithms. Do you have a favorite baby animal? Oh gosh. I know it's hard. The
1: (laughs) The piglets are super fun, but we've had, um, we raised kunie coonies for the most part, which are a smaller um, heritage hog from New Zealand, and they're super friendly and they're super sweet. And when my cooney coonies have babies, they're really fun. Um, but we also rescued four pigs from a farm um, in the valley here in Carnation, uh, that they had like 50-some pigs in not very good places. And they were just like eating rejected dog biscuits. And none of them were very well socialized. So the last two litters I've had have been with the rescue pigs. Mm-hmm. And they have not been very friendly moms. They've been very good moms, but they're too mom of bear. So I can see those beautiful piglets, but it's like you've got to go in with a shield in order to snuggle with one of them and get one out. So wow, then that's <laughs> not quite fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. huh. And our rule here be nice or be dinner so if they can't come to trust us and be a bit more friendly then you know aggression is a genetic trait so it's not something we want to breed into our animals so Mm -hmm. if an animal is not very nice it doesn't stay very long.
0: Yeah that's part of what you were talking about kind of the realities of agriculture and that close relationship Mm -hmm. with other animal lives and you get to decide a lot about those lives and that's a big responsibility.
1: It is a big responsibility, but mm-hmm. um, it's also really a gift, mm-hmm. you know, and like they, like I said, those pigs were living in a not very nice place and um, I've taken them on and I've given them a real chance and I've put them around people who treat them nice and give them the opportunity to be socialized. They're definitely way better fed and they're in way better places. So if they still can't calm down and be nice enough animals, at least I know that I gave them a much better life for as long as it lasted, you know, and that yeah. their, their nutrition and their health and everything else is better than it was. Mm-hmm. And they will never remember that bad five minutes, yeah, you know? So, mm-hmm. and then they feed my family, mm-hmm. but um, pigs eat a lot, especially big pigs. We've got a 500 pound pig. She eats a lot. Wow. So I can't afford to just have to be a yard decoration. Mm-hmm. Like if they, they're not a pet. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a real, you know, real hard decisions sometimes. Yeah. Right. Um, what I need to do. It's been so good for my kids to realize what it really means. You know, like we're removed when you just pick up a, a cling wrapped pack food. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, there were a lot of people involved there and a lot of decisions that had to be made. And uh, hmm. it's really helped for my family to know more about all of that. And we really enjoy sharing that with people.
0: Yeah. Along with the animals you raise, are there other favorite foods that you have? You mentioned the walnuts. Like, are there any highlights from your garden season? We
1: get this year we had a crazy number of plums, Mm -hmm. like the purple plums, Mm -hmm. and they're always a favorite. I just really love the end of summer when um, everything's growing out in the garden, and my kids go, Mom, I'm hungry. What can I eat? And I go, Go pick a snack. And I don't mean go in the kitchen. I mean, literally go outside and pick something to eat. Hmm. So I'll like see a kid walking around with kale hanging out of their mouth or somebody like stealing all the raspberries out of the bushes (laughs) or like finding an apple. I'm like, this is like so good for them. You know, like this is what this is what things should be. I just really appreciate
0: it. Wow. That is fantastic. I can, I can picture that too. And having a nice long season that is harvestable is really fun too. I've tried to plan my plantings, you know, on my fruit trees and everything. So that pretty much from June through October, there is a snack out there somewhere. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. And then if if we can, we try to, you know, harvest, I've learned how to do canning and Mm -hmm. stuff since we've been out here. Mm-hmm. um this year i didn't unfortunately like we had so many plums i should have made stuff with them but we also show animals at the evergreen state fair so mm-hmm. unfortunately they hit their prime just as we're living at the fair basically non-stop with our animals so mm-hmm. i miss those but when we do get to can them then you know January, February, I can send them into the pantry for applesauce. And they'll be like, oh yeah, this was from, you know, we, I helped you can it and I helped you peel it. And it was so fun when we dumped all the peels out for the sheep to eat and they were all excited and, you know, nothing goes to waste and it's, and it's important memories with the kids.
0: Oh, absolutely. Tell us about your uh, sheep and goats. I'm a goat lady myself and, uh, so I'm always interested in the ruminants. How are those for you? Yeah,
1: I, we have all hair sheep and I mm-hmm. really love the sheep and my husband likes the goats. <laughs> uh, I started off with soy mm-hmm. and it's S-O-A-Y and they are a small breed that actually lives wild in Scotland and mm-hmm. they're almost more deer-like than sheep-like and they're kind of like a cross between a goat and a sheep. A lot of people will look at them and say, oh, look at your goats. I'm like they're not goats. Those are sheep. But they browse like the goats do. They love the blackberries and the weeds. They'll go to those before the grass. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're hair sheep, which means they shed and I don't have to shear them
0: Mm. because
1: I'm not a fiber farmer. So Mm -hmm. I don't, like wool is just one more thing that I don't want to deal with. Mm. So um, we picked breeds of animals that fit with our lifestyle and what we really want to accomplish. So, I have the soy. I have um, a a, a couple Mm Katadins that are a larger, more commercial breed of sheep. Um, I'm selling my Barbados on Monday. Mm -hmm. I had a couple Barbados, and I have one Royal White right now that Mm -hmm. is a a newer breed that um, I've got a registered ram, and I'm going to get some registered ewes. Mm -hmm. They're a larger, beefier, grow fast than most. Mm most hair sheep, but they um, are very disease resistant and don't require a lot of extra feed mm-hmm. in order to hit their butcher weight at a reasonable pace.
0: Wow. You you know sheep really well. And is this one of those things where, you know, if somebody had told you 10 years ago, you're really going to care about different sheep breeds, would you have just been totally surprised?
1: I, if you told me three and a half years ago, <laughs> like it just was not like, none of this was on our radar at all, mm-hmm. but it just really what we've learned is that there are a ton of different breeds of farm animals. Like I came in thinking, you know, there's sheep and there's goats and there's pigs. And I just, you'd hear a stereotype for whatever animal. And I would assume that that's what it meant. You know, you're going to have sheep and then you're going to have to deal with wool. And they're like big, dumb, fluffy white animals that are going to just eat grass. Well, really there's lots and lots and lots of different kinds of sheep So do you want to feed lots of grain? Do you want them to eat blackberries? Do you want wool? Do you want meat? Do you just want like something pretty in the yard? Do you want them to be a friendly pet? Or do you want them to be a beautiful lawn ornament? And when you start making those decisions, then we, you know, narrowed down the breed that was the right breeds for us. And that's how we started with the soy. And then after we learned that process with the sheep, we applied that same process when we started looking at goats, when we started looking at pigs, and realized that there was a lot of different options on all of them. And we figured out what our farm was and what you know our we could offer and then what we wanted to get out of them. We could pick the breed that was the right fit for our farm. So when yeah. we had our Cooney Cooney pigs at... The evergreen state fair we've got a banner now that says cherry hill farm duval homesteading specializing in homesteading farm animals i think mm-hmm. and private farm tours or something mm-hmm. because i for us found um, that the animal breeds that we want as a homestead is way different than what a commercial animal would be yes so you know we had pigs in the pig barn this year and all the other pig farmers are kind of, like, laughing at us.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> you're, like, funny little pigs. And I'm, like, they're, like, how many did you butcher this year? And I'm, like, one. Like, this, yeah. I'm not a pig farmer. Like, I'm a family that eats pork. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the judge came over and he's, like, so, you know, tell me about your pet. And I'm, like, no, he's named Jimmy Dean for a reason. He's not my pet. <laughs> he's a butcher. And he's going to, but, you know, he takes 18 months to grow to butcher size instead of six months like a commercial pig
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he eats mostly pasture and in those 18 months he eats less pellets than that big guy over there eats in six months mm-hmm. so I'm less I'm spending less money but it's a much longer term commitment and he's like well so what was hanging weight I'm like well my last one was about 130 pounds hanging weight when we had him butchered mm-hmm. he goes that's enough for your family I'm like that'll do us for a year by the time we do a sheep and a goat and some turkeys mm-hmm. and some chicken. Yeah, that's, you know, about mm-hmm. good or else I could do two. He goes, that's really a pretty good farm animal, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, right size. real farm animal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a homestead farm animal and not a commercial farm animal. If, a, if I wanted all my income to be producing pork, I wouldn't pick Cooney Coonies, but Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for pork income. I was looking for pork for my family in a way that I wasn't getting my whole yard tore up and I felt safe with my kids out there and I felt safe, you know, managing them and dealing with them and enjoyed them. I think they're cute and they're not ripping up my yard and my kids like them and they're delicious. So they work for me. Yes,
0: that's the ticket. I love that approach. And I have Nigerian dwarf dairy goats, You know, and the cow people look at me like you get, you know, wait, you're measuring your milk yield in cups, not, you know, tens of gallons. I'm like, yeah, but it's incredibly high fat milk and I get it essentially for free, you know, just based on them finding food and them eating blackberries around and then I get enough milk. For me, I'm lactose intolerant anyways, like I shouldn't be drinking gallons and gallons of milk, so relax. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and we have kinder goats, Mm -hmm. so kinders are a dairy meat cross that was actually developed in Snohomish, Washington, Mm -hmm. so they're bigger than your goats, but they are very milkable if you want to milk them, but the boys are also big enough when you have all these weathers, that Mm -hmm they're worth butchering and you've got something so for us having both options was what made it the right homestead animal for us as we looked at goats Mm -hmm. but of course when you go to the fair they have dairy goats and they have meat goats and there's really like kinder goats don't fit Mm -hmm. they don't have a spot for them because they're not a dairy or meat goat they're a dairy and meat goat Mm -hmm. they're like well um so there's a good chance we'll try to show them next year and we're going to make them fit. They're going to just have to deal with us, which mm-hmm. is basically what we had to do with the pigs this year. Hmm. Um, there's no, There was no category for Cooney Coonies. I'm like, but I'm bringing them. So what do you want to do with them? <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's so important for the community to realize that there's like, it seems like the fairs should focus on the diversity of options mm-hmm. rather than you know just whatever they deemed the best show ones. So mm-hmm. like I pretty much expect to never win best in show with our goats or our pigs or our sheep because they don't fit their categories, mm-hmm. but they fit my categories and then I get to tell people about them. Mm-hmm. There were no hair sheep at the fair this year. Mm-hmm. They pretty much only have wool sheep. Mm -hmm. But there's people who would like sheep that don't want wool. So Mm -hmm. why don't you try to get some hair sheep in order to increase the interest in your animal category?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like your farm is a treasure trove of diversity and information. Between you and your kids, I'm like, whoa, I want to go do a farm tour. There's
1: (laughs) sounds like you have so
0: much cool stuff to see.
1: We do. Yeah, we Like we're pretty much, we could be self-sustaining for the most part, Mm -hmm. which is exciting. It's winter and, you know, we had to start hay way early because it was so dry this year. Mm. So, you know, it's like we don't raise our own meat because it's cheaper Mm because it's not, Mm. it's way more expensive, Mm. but yet at least, you know, how we do it, Mm -hmm. you know, but yet we, so we appreciate the process and the relationship and the learning that's gone into it. So, you know, when we go to the store now and buy, you know, really cheap pork on sale or 99 cent eggs, you know, I can have an educated uh, conversation with my kids about, okay, tell me what the life of that chicken is like compared to the lives of our chickens to be able to sell those for 99 cents or to sell that pork for a dollar fifty, mm-hmm. And it's, it's totally fine to make those choices to buy that cheap food. Sometimes that's all you can afford. And like, I'm thankful that it's an option and I've taken that option a lot, but I'm also really thankful to be more educated now to understand the differences, hmm. you know, like what that means to be able to offer those so cheaply. Hmm. And to understand the value of my stuff, when I sell my turkeys for $6 a pound, it's like, if you don't want, if you want your free turkey, it's, way, mm-hmm. go have it. Cool. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that they didn't have two acres to roam and they weren't eating organic feed and they mm-hmm. weren't out in the sun all day long and they didn't have kids coming to play with them all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, And
1: if you don't value those things and you just need affordable food, mm-hmm. that's totally fine. That's a legitimate choice. Mm-hmm. But I also can totally feel good and justified in the prices that it actually costs a farmer to raise really high quality food
0: Yeah. And you said your turkeys were all sold out for the year. So it's a, I think it's a great deal, you know, considering those factors for folks who want that turkey life. So like you said, it's just kind of about opening up the curtains behind what it takes to get food to our plates and all the different ways that that happens and just embracing that reality, whatever it might be. I mean, some people, like you say, live in places where they can grow food or they can't. Like, there are all kinds of time and money trade offs in life, and um, it sounds like you're really thriving with the life that you have set up for yourself, your family, and your critters.
1: Yeah, we're really enjoying it. I know mm-hmm. that. And then we do a um, we've done classes for like rabbit butcher classes and stuff too, because mm. our we do rabbits and we do quail. Mm-hmm. So I'll have people come a lot of times that are in city limits and be like, "Well, I can't have chickens and I can't have these things." I'm like, "Well." this is what it would take to, to meet rabbits. It really only takes like four square feet of space if you've got a tower of cages. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this is what it would take to have quail and you've been standing next to him for 20 minutes. How many times did you hear the rooster crow? Because he has been, yeah, but <laughs> you don't even realize it because they're so quiet, mm-hmm. you know? So then people realize that there's a lot you can do in the city, even on like a, a balcony in an apartment if it's important to you. And mm-hmm. if it's not important to you, don't do it. But there's there's more options than people realize a lot of times.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for learning about and sharing those options. I think that's super awesome. Tell folks one more time how to find you, just the, the name of your farm and some good ways to track you down. Yep.
1: We're Cherry Hill Farm Duval on Facebook and Instagram. That's usually the easiest. And you can just send me a message through their messaging systems. Otherwise, if you are looking what baby animals we have right now or adult animals for sale, cherryhillfarmduval.wordpress.com has those.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Melanie. And I'm wishing you the best for the harvest season and headed into the winter. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us this time. I'm going to be taking a winter time break from recording these stories from the farm, but you can always find us at hawthornefarm.org, no E at the end of Hawthorne, and sign up for our exciting monthly newsletter. Well, I think it's exciting and a lot of other people do too. So check us out at hawthornefarm.org for our classes and stories. Thank you so much. Enjoy your hibernation.